Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreya Slata. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily on a Monday, a Reaction Monday, and we are going to react now to just a massive KU football win. We'll talk a little bit about KU hoops as well in their exhibition game yesterday against Illinois, but as we welcome in Shreya Slata. Shreya, that, Shreyas, that was just... Uh, I don't know how to quantify that other than to say check another one off almost for Lance Leipold and, you know, bury that skeleton and whatever whatever cliche you want to use. KU got it done, and they got it done behind Jason Bean. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that was as big a win for Kansas in a long time as they've had. And, uh, you know, props to them and props to Jason Bean for, you know, bouncing back from some tough interceptions and leading the game-winning drive and, uh, Kansas defense stepped up in moments that mattered, and they really stopped a pretty good quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, held him to 171 passing yards and 19 attempts. Uh, you know, I think it was the perfect storm. You know, Kansas definitely didn't play its best football game that they played. There were some mistakes and definitely a lot to clean up, but they came out of there with a victory against uh, former number six in the country, Oklahoma, and I think that's uh, something that Kansas fans can smile about and pat themselves on the back on and, and just think about how far the program has come. You know, I was thinking about it, Shurius, uh on Saturday, and you mentioned it. You know, they, they didn't play their their best football. Um, it was probably, I don't know, a, a B performance from the Jayhawks, maybe even a B-minus performance from the Jayhawks, and they still beat Oklahoma. Uh, what does that tell you about the overall talent on this team and how far this team can go long term? I think it tells me that what the preconceived and uh, before, like, you know, that game margin of error that I think Jayhawk fans, myself, and a lot of media have thought was there is bigger than we thought. You know, like Kansas' special teams was definitely an issue in this game. Again, uh, you know, they didn't convert two-point conversions. They had that fumble in the kickoff. Uh, they had a missed kick. And, and still they won the game and, you know, two interceptions for Jason Bean, uh, you know, and, and some of the struggles they had containing the, the running game. But I think it, it, it 
shows how good this team is. Even when things aren't going their way, they find a way to win. And I think that resiliency thing is, is something that Leifold and his coaching staff kind of instilled in this program that even when the odds are out, uh, you know, down and, and people are counting you out, they believe that they can come back and they can do what needs to be done to win a, a ball game that, that they have not played well in, I think. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's it, right? Like, they're going to have to win that that way if we're all being real about Jason Bean. And I, I think everybody appreciates what he has meant to this team and this program and what he's doing. But if we're being real about it, they're going to have to be able to win ugly because he's not going to light the world on fire most of the time as a passer of the football. I mean, he was not great. Had two interceptions through for less than 50% but he made a couple explosive plays on the ground and they were able to run the ball and they were able to play the defense they needed to. This is kind of going to be their formula, right? Like if they're going to win big games, this is what it probably is going to look like. A hundred percent. I think it's one of those things that, you know, you take the good with the bad and Jason Bean and in a sense that sometimes you don't really know what's going to happen with him because you have one great throw one minute and then a bad throw the next minute. So, it's a little inconsistent, but I think just overall, uh, this defense has taken a tremendously big step forward. I have been really impressed with them, how much better they are than last year. I mean, uh, teams are racking up yards. I think they've done a tremendous job of making it a bend-don't-break defense. And, uh, you know, even though uh, Oklahoma put 440 yards uh, on Kansas's defense uh, total, they didn't come with a, uh, with a victory, which I think uh, tells you that Kansas has taken a big step and, and you know, in the sense that they're getting rushes, uh, you know, to the quarterback, uh, rushing quarterback three, four guys. I think that's huge. I think that's something was a big question mark as how are they going to get the quarterback this season with Lonnie Phelps going to the NFL and being a leading staff leader. Well, they got a, a lot of internal development and they also got, uh, you know, a lot of uh, just, great transfer talent that has done a, a tremendous job from Austin Booker to Devin Phillips to uh, Gage Keys. Like, all these guys have been so, so good for Kansas. So, uh, props to the coaching staff, props to the Jayhawks fans, because, you know, I think they've, they've got one of the best teams they've had in a very long time right now on boards. Things definitely started out really well defensively for the Jayhawks on Saturday, Shreyas. Mello Dotson with the pick six, and, uh, you know, watching that play back, you know, he stepped right in front of the path of the football and kind of took a gamble there because if he if he takes that gamble and doesn't get the football, the receiver for Oklahoma is gone down the sideline and there's there's nobody there to stop him. So, I mean, a big gamble from Dotson, but he was able to get the football and run it back for a touchdown. And that really kind of set the tone early for the Jayhawks. No, 100%. I think that was such a big, big thing for Kansas because you want to get out ahead. Uh, against this tough Oklahoma team and uh, getting those points on the scoreboard, you know they're going to come back and, and make it tough on you. But just getting out ahead, I think, really sets the tone for the rest of the game for Kansas. And, and it builds them, you know, like, hey, we were ahead once, so why can't we be ahead and, at the end of this game? You know, so I think, you know, great, great play by Melo Dawson, great read on that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to gamble a little bit, I think, uh, to – get to a point where you're doing that stuff like that. So props to them. I know everybody's partying. Congratulations. But now all of a sudden KU's in the mix for a big 12 title again. Uh, big one this weekend, Iowa state. 
you got to go to one of the most difficult places, not just in the Big 12, but in college football to go get a win. It's probably and almost certainly going to have to be an ugly type win again. What what are we thinking about? I mean, look, I know you, Shreyas, have been on. You've been telling us this for weeks. You thought they could you know, contend, be near the top of the league, all these things. It looks like it's playing itself out that way. But you've got to follow up now the biggest win you've had in a generation with a win that will probably be just as difficult to get this time around on the road. A hundred percent. I think it's going to be a, a very tough game. I would say this historically kind of had Kansas number in the last 10 years. Uh, they're eight, eight and two. Uh, you know, they have really kind of exceeded expectations after the gambling scandal they had that took out their starting quarterback at that time and multiple other key players. So props to them. They're third in the conference. So it's not going to be easy. I think it's going to be an ugly game. And I think it could be, uh, it's reflected on the fact that Iowa State is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. tells you how much of a, a push game it is. So Kansas needs to limit its mistakes and, uh, you know, take advantage of Iowa State's mistakes. So uh, I think in a, in a lot of ways um, this game is so, so key for Kansas because you want to see continued effort. You don't want a, a drop-off in play, and, and uh, they really need to come out there. And even if you lose, you need to lose where – you're not wondering, hey, we should have won that game. Like they did in the Oklahoma State game, you know. So I think it's it's key that they come out, you know, firing uh, and uh, get on the scoreboard early against Iowa State because you want to get ahead, especially because of a, a tough environment it is to play there and, and a night game. So you know the fans there are going to be jacked, especially because Kansas comes off uh, this big win against Oklahoma in their rank, you know. So uh, this Iowa State team is going to be ready. It's, uh, I think I think the Kansas team will be ready as well, so I think it should be a fun one. We've talked about Jason Bean. What about Jalen Daniels? What do you know about where he's at right now? Uh, you know, it sounded like on Saturday that he – I mean, I know that he suited up and, and he was available to play if needed, never saw the field. What do we know about him and, and the future prospects of him getting back out there for KU? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really positive development. If you've noticed Lance's, uh, you know, kind of language about Jalen has become more and more positive over the last couple of weeks. And the fact that he was suited up, I think was tremendously big in the sense that he's probably as close as we think could be. I think this is a very good week for him to come back. And uh, there's a decent shot of that. It seems like he was doubtful slash questionable throughout last week, but Kansas, I think believes in the idea of, uh, and the coaching staff believes in the idea of just making sure these guys have practices, which I think is very, very important and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, something that Kansas needs is you want to have make sure he has these first team reps. Uh, so I, I think Jalen has a decent shot to a pretty good shot of coming back. I guess we'll find out today because we talked to Lance about an hour and a half. But uh, you know I think he's going to have uh, a shot there to absolutely come back against Iowa State. Hopefully, Shreya Slada, KU star beat reporter, reporting us our KU insider. I, I got to ask because like five people probably this weekend or more asked me this this weekend. Like, are you buying at all that the time is ticking for, for Jalen to leave the program and do all that stuff? I, it feels like that's all wild hearsay coming from like the, the fan base and other fan bases maybe trolling a little bit. Have you heard anything about any sort of you know, disgruntled nature of Jalen Daniels in this thing, or or is it just he's been hurt? Uh, I've heard nothing whatsoever. Uh, you know, I to be honest with you, 
I've gotten to know Jalen and his family pretty well. And, you know, they, in the offseason, we talked about, you know, when I wrote that big feature about Jalen, I asked him, was there any point you ever thought about leaving Kansas? You know, he was like, there was no really, you know, point where I was unsure about my future here besides right before that first Texas game where he was the third string quarterback and they were telling him to redshirt. He was like, I wasn't sure what to do. And then obviously, you know, the rest is history where the two guys ahead of him got hurt and he had his breakout game in the Texas game the next time. So, uh, you know, I, I think if you're not going to leave Kansas when you win zero games your freshman year, uh, you know, you're certainly not going to leave Kansas when you could be winning nine, ten in a year, potentially contending for the Big 12 title this year or even next year. Uh, I just don't believe it whatsoever. And he's a very loyal guy. He loves being a Jayhawk. He loves being a part of Lawrence's community. He takes pride in that. Uh, you know, and, and I think he represents the program really well. You know, it, it's just been unfortunate because uh, his health has been uh, a little a bit of an issue the last few years, but he's been so, so great, I think, in the sense of, uh, you know, being the face of Kansas football. And I think that's why fans are excited and a little impatient to get him back because they know what the level of quarterback play is with Jalen Daniels back there instead of Jason Bean. How do you feel about the remaining four games, the schedule for the Jayhawks overall? We talked about them going on the road to Ames, and that's a difficult place to play, especially after dark. Um, you know, but they've got Texas Tech. They've got the Sunflower Showdown against a Kansas State team that has looked really good the last couple of weeks. And then playing Cincinnati to wrap things up. Uh, you know, I, I think I read this over the weekend that if the Jayhawks win out, win their final four games, I think due to strength of schedule and tiebreakers, they can be playing for a Big 12 championship as the, the number two seed in that matchup. How do you feel overall about the, the final four games they have and, and, and what they can do to potentially win out? Well, I mean, I feel a lot more optimistic about it than I did a week ago, right? I remember I told you guys in before the season started that I can't go 9-3. and three. Now, you know, if Jalen comes back, maybe 10, 10 wins are in play. You know, maybe I'm a little, uh, you know, I, I assume they'll drop one of them along the way. I don't know if it's Iowa State or if it's Kansas State, but one of those I think expects to be a loss. But Kansas should be Texas Tech, and I think they should be Cincinnati. You know, there'll be tough games, but, you know, this team is, is clearly – a very good team and this team clearly deserves to play in a much better bowl game than they did last year even i think so as long as Jalen is healthy i think there's a very good shot that they come out of that stretch three and one or maybe even four now maybe i'm being a little too optimistic but they just beat oklahoma uh with you know jason meet a quarterback uh the defense is taking a step forward uh and it seems like lance has done a pretty good job i think for the most part of getting these guys ready for games and making sure they're not, uh, you know, falling asleep at the wheel too much. Uh, and if they are, they seem to come out better in the second half most of the time anyways. So um, I think it's, it's a, it's a good time to be a Jayhawk fan. And, you know, I think these four games are going to be really watched with great anticipation from the rest of the conference because everybody's so neck and neck right now. And I really don't know who can, who's going to be coming out of, uh, you know, who are the two teams that are going to be in the play in the big 12 championship. All right, Trius, let's switch to a little basketball here. Um, do we need to be worried? Like, do we, do we need to start worrying a little bit after we hear the rumblings of late night not going so well? And then, you know, I know it's a road game against Illinois and an exhibition and all that stuff, but, I mean, they 
they pretty much played their guys all the way through. It wasn't like you can chalk it up to some of the backups getting in there and blowing it. This was the rotation we expect Bill Self to use this year. I I don't know. Like, are, should we be worried right now? I, I I don't think so. I mean, it's it's October. We're not even November yet, and you know, right? Bill will you know put those guys down and build them back up like he does with the best of them. Uh, you know, and I think uh, you know the. They are obviously a work in progress in the offensive end. I expected that. The defense was a little lackadaisical. There was a lot of open layups, some really tough threes by Illinois they made that I think those guys were just red hot. You know, they were in rhythm, so they are making them. Uh, so not too much to take away. I think the one thing that concerns me, and it's concerned me all year, has been three-point shooting. They were 3 of 12 uh, from beyond the arc, and I think that's going to be a question mark throughout the year. Uh, because you're really relying on some non-shooters or guys who have not been historically uh, big three-point shooters to shoot the ball a lot. Uh, so I'm curious to see what happens with that last lineup spot because that could force uh, self-hand to start a guy like Timberlake just because they need perimeter shooting a little bit. Um, and, you know, they, they need Kevin McCullers to hit his threes. They need DeWan Harris to hit his threes. They need Hunter Dickens to hit his threes. They need all those guys to be able to step up and take an open three when needed. Uh, because, you know, right now, uh, it, the lane is a little clogged at times. I think with KJ and Hunter playing at the same time, they got to figure out that on the offensive some sets. You know, they didn't show a ton of offensive sets, I think, against Illinois, so it's not a big deal. But, uh, you know, I'm really curious to see what happens for their shooting. I think that is maybe a little worrying, but I think it's still too early to say. What do we know about uh, the Kevin McCuller injury? I know that late in the game, you know, took a hard hit, went down to the ground. And, um, you know, is there any kind of concern about anything lasting for him? Or uh, does he seem to be good to go moving forward? I think they said it was whiplash, that's what Self said. So it seems like he wasn't too concerned. I mean, obviously, it it could maybe be a lingering thing or, you know, maybe there's something. But if it was whiplash, it seems like, uh, you know, from what Self's comments were, that he thinks Kevin's going to be A-OK for the most part. And then defensively, you you hit on it. I, lackadaisical, that's the thing to me. Like, this team, in my brain, has been built to be okay if they're slow going offensively because they should be – I mean, they should be the best defensive team in the country with who they have coming back and who they brought in. Is that – that when I say, I guess, worry, I guess that's the side I'm looking at is – shouldn't they be locked down like right out of the gate with Adams and Harris and McCullough coming back and throwing in Dickinson? Yeah, no, I, I agree. They really should have been better than they were yesterday. And I think a lot of that was just amplified with the fact that Illinois was making some stupid threes with guys in their face. And, and, you know, you know how it gets guys get hot and they make threes, no matter who's guarding them, how they're guarding them. It doesn't matter. Right. But there was definitely some times that I think Kansas, uh, you know, room protection-wise, I didn't really love the rotations. I think they could have definitely been better at protecting against layups. Uh, you know, just overall, I think Kansas's defense should be excellent this year. It might not be excellent to uh, start the season, but I think, you know, they are going to be really, really good on that end, and if not top three, probably top five at worst, if not number one. But, you know, I, I think – it's, it's still too early to say because I think Illinois' hot shooting was a little bit of a, a flukiness there because those guys were making some really tough threes. Um, but I'm really curious to see how the rim protection is overall because 
Andre Dickinson talked about it after the game where, yeah, I scored some points, but if I gave up as many of those points on the other end, it doesn't really mean anything, which I completely agree with. you got to be better at the rim. They've got to be better at protecting the rim. You can't have guys go in, get easy layups with Hunter Dickinson and K.J. Adams anywhere near you. All right, Trius Lotta, you can find him on Twitter at SHRE98. You can find his work at the KC Star, which will be extensive this week, I'm certain, as KU football continues now. Ranked again, looking for a Big 12 title. Shreyas, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. There goes Shreyas Lotta. If you missed any of that, you can always go back and listen at kfhradio.com. Uh, man, it is a busy, busy time in Lawrence right now. Uh, let's give away some hockey tickets on the way out here. It feels like uh, hockey weather, hockey region outside right now. Uh, we'll give away a family four-pack. Is that right, Tommy? Yeah, we'll do that. First off, I want to mention, so the Thunder had a three-game homestand this past weekend. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night went 3-0, and which is awesome. Uh, it was yeah. a great weekend at Interest Bank Arena. Uh, they're on the road for a couple of weeks, but we'll give you a four-pack for when they're back in town. Friday night, November 17th at Interest Bank Arena, they play the Rapid City Rush. We'll give you a four-pack of tickets to that game on the 17th. All right, November 17th, lots of time to plan for it. We'll do it to our first caller on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. We will come back. What about the Shockers in their exhibition game? Uh, and we'll spend a little bit more time on some of this football stuff. Look ahead, perhaps, to the World Series as we continue on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Congratulations to Benny, who's headed to Interest Bank Arena to see some Wichita Thunder hockey on November 17th, and to Jim for winning some HTO. Jim says he hasn't tried it. Looking forward to trying it for the first time. Welcome back here. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster with you. Glad to be here with you. That IHOP hotline is back open, 869-1240, brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle topped with four crispy chicken strips, Tossed in spicy Nashville hot sauce. Uh, don't miss your chance to win some AEW Pro Wrestling tickets for a live televised event coming to uh, Interest Bank Arena this Saturday. We'll give those tickets away uh, in just a little bit here. Tommy, as we continue to try to react to everything on a Monday, um, it there's, there's honestly too much. So some of this may bleed into the weekend. But the Shockers also get their exhibition opener in the books. Um, I, look, I was not there, so I can only go by what I read about and what you can see in a box score. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like things were pretty good. Talked to a few people that were there. Uh, they're not shooting it well, but the you know, I think the big thing to take out of it that we can then wonder about as what does it mean for them moving forward is what happens at point guard. It doesn't seem like Bijan Robinson is something to count on this year. You know what I mean by being there. So then, what Bijan happens? Cortez. Xavier Bell. Uh, sorry, yeah, Bijan Cortez, Bijan Robinson, Bijan Cortez, and so it. You know, Xavier Bell ran the point apparently a little bit yesterday. Um, I don't think Colby Rogers is going to run the point. I, I don't know what they're going to do at that spot, but it does sort of lean into that as what they're going to do in general. They got to figure that out. The two bigs, 
you know, Ballard and, and Poto. This is why I loved the idea of this style of offense and Poto's return, Tommy, because Poto isn't going to have to play a true center if Ballard's there, at least to me, and he can run and move around and do some of the things that make him a unique talent. But, you know, first look at the Shockers, and I think, you know, other than that point guard position, which is going to be a work in progress for a while, all seemed to go pretty well. They didn't shoot it well enough, and, you know, that's not anything new for Shocker fans, I know. But, you know, they, they, they held themselves fine. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you you saw Shocker Madness first off. That was the first look at the team. And then this exhibition game. Um, I know that they had like a, what, a secret scrimmage in Kansas City against Iowa a couple of weeks ago. But, um, you know, not a lot of inf- information coming out of that. Uh, so it's going to take a little while, I think, to get our heads around exactly the way uh, that this team plays under Paul Mills. Um, I mentioned it last week that, um, you know, You've got a mix of the returners like Kenny Poto and others, Xavier Bell and, and, and other guys that are on that roster with a couple of the newcomers and, and you know, the way that they're going to mesh together, the way that Paul Mills plans on playing those guys together and what that's all going to look like. Um, you know, it's hard to take a lot away from an exhibition game against Roger State. That being said, though, I mean, I think that there are certainly some positives and some things that we can look at as indicators of the way that this team plans to play in the regular season. Yeah, I, it's um. It, it, here's the weird thing about what it'll, it'll be hard to gauge Shocker basketball. You know, they've got the three big non-cons that we love regionally, right? Missouri, Kansas State, and Kansas. But before, you know, they get into conference play on January 4th. Between those three games, though, it's not like a daunting schedule that they'll play. There's probably some of these teams that they'll play that end up being pretty good. Hard to know which ones of those teams will be that now. But, you know, they've got a. It's an interesting schedule because they do have a chance to pile up some wins here. We won't know what to take of it. And then they'll get those three big ones against Missouri, Kansas State, and Kansas. And that's not really fair either because we expect all three of those teams to be pretty good. And it's like, okay, by the time we get into conference play, I mean, it just sort of is all about development, getting better, right. doing your thing, right? And I don't, I think that's probably a good thing because I think with this year, especially, it's really going to be all about what do you do in the conference? Like, I don't think anybody has this misconception that this is like an at large team. You know, we don't know that yet. It could be, but who knows? But what, so, so for me, it's about what they do in the AAC this year. Right? Can they finish at the top or near the top of the league this year? Because overall, I'm not sure it's fair to say, is this an at-large team? Now, by next year, they, we probably need to be having that conversation. But you know, they need to finish probably for me this year in the top four or five in the AAC and see what happens at that point. Otherwise, I don't really know. Like, I don't, I don't know how to set an expectation right now. Yeah, I mean, I I know that one of the things that, you know, Shocker fans can take away from the exhibition game is the fact that, it you know, at least it looks like right now Paul Mills is going to go with a two-big lineup, you know, with, with yeah. Poto and Ballard. And, you know, I think that it's um, – I don't, I don't want to say it came as a, as a surprise necessarily because I think that there were indicators that that might be the way that, um, you know, he was going to go at least early on. But it, it's extended minutes for Quincy Ballard, and he's a guy that really hasn't had a lot of extended minutes. Because he was hurt, right? Over the course yeah, of I his mean, time at Wichita State. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, 
it probably remains to be seen exactly how effective that two big lineup will actually be moving forward. But I do like, I like the fact that that's the way that they're starting the season because we've talked about forever the upside that Quincy Ballard brings when he's healthy and then knowing what Kenny Poto uh, has done over the course of his career. If you compare those two guys together and it works and oh, by the way, they've got Jacob Germany, the UTSA transfer as a backup. I mean, they've got a, a pretty, at least on paper, a pretty effective, uh, you know, big uh, contingent, you know, on that team. So, you know, if they can continue that and it works out, you know, for them moving forward in non-conference, that might be the way that we see this lineup, uh, you know, moving forward. And as much as anything, it's just playing to your strengths, right? Like that's right. just what the st- it appears that the strength of the roster is. So use it. And and I like it. I like the idea of that. I think it will be a difficult change up for teams to see something like that throughout the year. And, you know, if they can defend it effectively, you know, if they can, you know, if they can, and I don't know what to make because we got new coach, like we knew IB teams sort of like Greg Marshall teams were going to defend like crazy. Is that, I I don't know. We'll see quickly if that's an emphasis because I know they're going to, you know, pick up the pace and the tempo and all that stuff, but the Shockers get that win. Uh, They open the season one week from tonight against Lipscomb. And that is a 6.30 tip time there at Charles Koch Arena. Really, really, really excited about the start of the college basketball season. All right, let's jump back quickly, Tommy, to the NFL here because, you know, the other storyline from yesterday was quarterback and the injuries. You had uh, Kirk Cousins likely out for the year. Matthew Stafford may have to go to IR. Kenny Pickett, Tyrod Taylor uh, got hurt. I, I may be even forgetting some. It was a really bad day for quarterback in what's been a really bad year for quarterback. And, you know, there's going to be a battle of attrition involved in whatever happens this year with the Super Bowl champion. I believe that firmly um, that it be, you know, being healthy is going to be as big as any component to who wins it all this year. But it has been rough at the quarterback position this year. Man, I feel so bad for Kirk Cousins. Um, And I know you and I are both on the same page about, you know, our our, um, admiration, I guess, for him. I mean, I'm a Kirk Cousins fan. Um, It was great to see his his personality come through and the Netflix documentary and, um, you know, always kind of pulling for him over the course of his career. And, um, you know, it's been all but confirmed. I haven't seen the official confirmation that I mean, uh, coach doesn't say that if it's not. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, so you feel terrible for him. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, like uh, Alex Smith, quite frankly, and Tony Romo, I feel like have always has always been underrated. Catches a bad rap. The Vikings' problems have not been Kirk Cousins. He's been as consistent a thrower. He's had the one of the worst lines ever, which is why he takes a beating continuously. Now, this wasn't that that this injury happened. This wasn't on turf either. I don't know what's going on with these Achilles. You know, a lot of guys are blaming turf for some of these injuries. This was at Lambeau, so you know. Hey, and, and if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm calling Aaron Rodgers. Like, what it, what have you been doing? You know, what's the what's the yeah, rehab? Because he's like got to worry about getting back for the start of next year, right? right? Like his his concern is that whether or not Rodgers can do it. Like Kirk Cousins now loses two months of a full year if he wants to be back for next year, and his future is going to be. It was already going to be interesting. Now it's really going to be interesting, and I hate that uh, for him that that happened. Uh, NFL yesterday was not nearly as crazy, I thought, Tommy. Now, our picks didn't, or well, my picks didn't go particularly well this week. However, easily 
the best NFL betting weekend I've had. Like, not even close. I had a great day and had the Chiefs just won the game, not even covered their number. Had the Chiefs just won, it would have been maybe my my best NFL betting weekend ever. I was hitting parlays. I had like a touchdown parlay, like all of it. It was like last week was just so bad, and we've had those wacky weeks. Yesterday was a little bit more predictable, and, and you that know, was I interesting was, to see. You were sending me pictures of the parlays that you were hitting, and I, I flat out asked you if you were going to buy me a steak dinner, and you never responded. I'll make you, you, you some made soup. A, you made a lot of money over the weekend. I'll make you some soup. I'll make you yeah. a good soup, a good meal. His soup a meal, one I'll of the pass. great Seinfelds. <laughs> Great. That is such a good Seinfeld. But it was moderately predictable in the NFL. Hey, Bryce Young got his win over C.J. Stroud. All yep. that chatter about Stroud, that was, you know, good for him. Um, I'll tell you the games that, you know, that I let. I don't remember if we picked them or not. I don't think we did. I loved the Vikings. Um, the Jags I was on. The Cowboys I was on. And uh, there was one other one. Oh, the Jets, which survived. Um and I don't know if I had them in parlays or not. The Brown Seahawks, I didn't know what to do with. Seahawks, I thought that was a really big win for them. The Cowboys are probably of all the team. No, the Bengals. Uh, the bi- well, I, I think it's you, it's probably pretty even to the most impressive win between the you know between the Bengals and the Cowboys is. And I think they're similar too because it's just sort of reminder teams of like, hey, don't for don't forget about us. I mean, Dallas feels like they have no chance. They're five and two. Right. And and they just crushed the Rams. That game yeah. wasn't ever close. So Dak's playing better. That's the other thing people don't want to talk about. Dak's looked really good lately. And and I don't look, I don't believe in Dallas either long term because I don't believe in their coach. But, you know, I thought for teams to sort of get back up in and in, into the mix of Super Bowl champions, Dallas and Cincinnati looked pretty good yesterday. But man, they jumped out to that big lead against the Rams. I mean, all of a sudden it was like what thirty three to nothing. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't I mean. fluky either. Like yeah. they were just they were just playing good defense and and moving the ball on offense. Yeah, I mean it, it worked for them. And you know, I know the Rams got back into it to an extent as the games went the game went on. But um, I mean, that's as impressive as a win for the Bron- or for the Cowboys. Um, I mean, maybe going back to opening night, like their first game of the year when they jumped out to that huge lead against the Giants. Those are two, probably the two most impressive games, I would say, so far this season for the Cowboys. And I know that, you know, you're, I think you're a little um, disillusioned by the Cowboys just because you're a fan of theirs. I'm higher on them, I think, than you are. I think that they do have the defense and just the overall team to be able to make a legitimate run. Well, when I, so here's my thing with the Cowboys yeah, I think they're good, but they're not going to win a Super Bowl, right? Like that's that's all I've said about them. They 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 and again, the Diggs injury really hurt. Their only path to me is if their defense just goes next level, which it looked like it might, and then Diggs gets hurt, and maybe they can get back to that, maybe not. But if they don't have that kind of defense, they're going to be in trouble. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Dak looked great yesterday. They can't run the ball. And that's a problem when you play great defense is if you can't run the ball. Like, for instance, Kansas City doesn't run the ball very much, but they can if they want to. Dallas can't run the ball. And, you know, before Tennessee won that game, it, I, 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 I've I said forever Derrick Henry made a ton of sense for me for the Cowboys to go try and trade for. But Tennessee now, according to reports, is not going to trade Derrick Henry. And I get it. Look, I get what Tennessee's doing. If you want to evaluate Will Levis realistically, you have got to put decent players around him. And so having Derrick Henry, having DeAndre Hopkins, that's a part of the evaluation process. I mean, you can't, like, how are you going to accurately react to Bryce Young right now? His best receiver's Adam Thielen, who I love Adam Thielen, but let's be real now. He didn't have anything to work with there. So if you're going to develop one of these quarterbacks, you, you might as well give them a situation in which they can be successful. And I think that's what Tennessee is going to do. So that's my problem with Dallas. I just don't think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl is all. I think they're really, really good. I think they can beat anybody at any time. Can they string it together on their way to a Super Bowl? Mm, not with Mike McCarthy, I don't think. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. All right, 869-1240 is the IHOP hotline. Let's give away those AEW tickets, Jad. AEW makes the Wichita debut. It's Collision Live. It'll be on TNT, so you'll be on national TV if you're there. At Interest Bank Arena, Saturday, November 4th. If you missed any of our interview with Paul White, uh, you can go back and listen to that. It was on Friday. He came in studio. A lot of good stuff there. We had him real briefly. He was on a media blitz, but it was still good stuff. So you can go back and listen to that at kfhradio.com. But you can win AEW tickets and see it all live right now. First caller, 869-1240 on the IHOP hotline. We'll go to the show. A pair of tickets on us here at Sports Daily. Jad will get us a winner, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily right here on KFH. Congratulations to Tommy for winning AEW Collision tickets. Not that Tommy. Another Tommy. Uh, Tommy, did you call in the IHOP hotline there during the break to win some tickets? Yeah, I snuck away. I wanted to make sure I called the number. Uh, No, a different Tommy. Uh, So congratulations uh, to the other Tommy for winning the AEW. 
All right, let's uh, let's continue on here. We've got just a couple minutes here, Tommy. Would you just indulge me and tell me that Max Scherzer is going to be great and the Rangers will take care of business tonight in Arizona? I mean, if it's the same Max Scherzer we saw in the ALCS, I'm not quite sure. Here's what I'll say about the World Series going into game three tonight, tied at one. I I think Arizona so far, I don't want to say dominant. They dominated in game two, but the Rangers needed like the most heroic comeback, one of the all-timers to get game one with a home run in the bottom of the ninth from Corey Seager and then a home run in extra innings from Adolis Garcia. Like, they trailed that entire game. So, essentially, other than, you know, the heroics there at the end, they've trailed the entire series. I told you it it, it scares me that they get cold at the wrong time offensively. Uh, they're going to have to slug their way to this World Series. Arizona is, you know, Arizona reminds me of the 2014 Royals. That's who they remind me of. They run like crazy. They get on in unconventional ways. They're bunting. They're doing all this stuff to put the pressure on these pitchers. And the Rangers just don't have that kind of pitching to overcome that. They're going to have to slug their way through this, I think, if they want to win a World Series. Yeah, I mean, you know, Arizona, uh, you and I were talking about it over the weekend. They have kind of an unconventional offense. They do things a little bit differently. Um but it works for them. And, and you mentioned the 2014 Royals. I don't disagree with you, but I think that Arizona is even faster than the Royals were in 2014. Um, now I know the Royals had speed and they had, you know, guys like Lorenzo Cain and um, Ger- uh, Gerard Dyson. And they, you know, they had other guys that oh, were like CD's really Escobar fast. Escobar was, Escobar was really there. fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but man, Arizona, just the speed they have on the, on the base path paths. It's crazy. It's ridiculous what they do. And so it works for them. It's a little bit different than what we're typically used to seeing from a World Series team. But, man, it's working for them. Well, I love it. We're going to start seeing it more. because, And that's the best brand of baseball. Like, the way Arizona plays baseball is so much fun. And and more teams are good because, you know, the rules are back to that. But, you know, the the Rangers are still a better offense. And they're going to have to hit the ball out of the ballpark probably to win this series because Arizona is just going to chip away. I I don't see this path where any Rangers pitcher is going to get in there and shut that down. Max Scherzer's not going to. I mean, can yeah, he I mean, if, if Evaldi and Montgomery couldn't do it, I don't think Max Scherzer is going to be able right. to do it either. Right. You're going to have to, you're going to have to play, you know, error-free defense and you're going to have to try to get a lead and stay in the lead with your bats, which they should be able to do. Look, they've been, they've been, brilliant on the road in this postseason. I think, again, I've thought this looked like a long series to me. I just am a little concerned because I don't think the Rangers have ever looked great so far through two games. They got what they needed to at the end of game one, but they've never really led in this series and or, or held a lead for very long. So we'll see. It's been it's been entertaining, and Arizona's the upstart. And I, I don't think anybody's taken that for granted. Like, I don't think anybody's watched this postseason and thought, yeah, Arizona's just there. Yeah. But in the long run, they're getting in. I think the concern right now is clearly in the Texas dugout, not in Arizona's. Well, the best thing I think possible for the Rangers in game three tonight is you got to get out to an early lead. You've got to give Max Scherzer some run support early on. Uh, And then from there, you know, hopefully you've got a little bit of a, a comfortable margin when the game inevitably goes to the bullpen. That's going to be the most important thing, I think, for the Rangers. If they can if they can get on the board in the first, 
I don't know, three innings, you know, and provide a little bit of run support for Max Scherzer, that's going to be the best recipe for the Rangers tonight. Yeah, it it is. And it's, you know, the, the Diamondbacks have a young, you know, young, confident guy in Fott tonight that's going, who's been really good lately. Uh, he's, what does he have? Yeah, in the postseason, he's got a 270 ERA with 22 strikeouts, Tommy. So, you know, it, it will take a little discipline. You got to get him out of the game. You're going to see some pitches and just hope Max Scherzer buckle up, can get you through four or five innings and see what happens. But I, I think it's pretty pretty clear that Arizona's got, you know, the momentum in this series and the advantage right now. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. And I'm terrified and I'm nervous and I'm worried and I'm a hot mess and it's not How's cool your, and I don't like it. Are you feeling okay about your bets at least? Well, well no, because right now well, I, didn't I think know, Arizona like, looks you, better in the series. Can you cash them out, you know, and no. make some money off of it? Nope. Those two are on BetMGM with no cash-out options. So I cannot. I cannot. I can just ride it out. Just like I did in 2010 and 2011 when I also had Rangers future bets. The only times, the only times I've ever made Rangers futures bets are the three years they've been in the World Series. And I've never been able to cash one yet. So let's see what happens. But uh, that World Series gets going later tonight, as does Monday Night Football, which you'll hear right here on KFH. Primetime NFL games on Westwood One are always available for you here and on the Odyssey app. Tune in for Monday Night Football, Raiders, Lions, or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at kickoff. We'll tell you what else is on tap tonight when we wrap up this Monday edition next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.